That's a good place to worship. What is he to you? Has he been a friend? Has he been a doctor? Has he been a deliverer? Has he been a heart fixer? Has he been a model? What has God been to you? And depending on what God has been to you, your level ought to go up. Your worship ought to go up. Your hands ought to go up. Your mouth ought to come open. You ought to stand to your feet and to worship the God that has been everything that you needed and more. <laughs> if you got relationship, you know what to say. If you have relationship, you know what to say. If you got relationship, you know what to say. There's no one, no one, no one, no one, no one. Let worship flow from your lips. 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 Come on, fill this atmosphere with worship. Fill this atmosphere with worship. Fill it with worship from your mouth. He longs to hear the sound of praise from his children. He loves to hear the sound of praise from his creation. What has he been to you? 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 Come on, come on, come on. Open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. Worship, 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 worship. Worship, what has he been to you? What has he been to you? What has he been to you? There's no one. No one. No one. No one. No one. Yeah. You've been joy and sorrow. You've been a hope for tomorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No one, no one. Like you, no one, no one. Hallelujah. Come on and put those hands and give God praise. Give God glory. For we serve a great and mighty God. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to Genesis chapter 22. And it's our custom to stand for the reading and the reverence of God's word. And I want our culture as a church, I want us to adopt the culture that when we're in worship that we stand. I want us to adopt the culture. It's not a place of, oh, Pastor, you're fussing. Oh, my voice is calm and smooth. But I want us to develop a, a culture that we stand for worship because when we enter into a courtroom we stand for the judge you could hate the judge think about this the person that's about to be convicted has to stand for the judge brother Moore but he stands they stand when we go to a wedding we can't wait to stand while we beat the photographer in the aisle with our camera to take pictures ain't nobody paying you a dime and you getting in the way we go to Beyonce we stand when I went and saw Anita Baker, I stood. How much more should we give to a God that made us? Yes. 
How much more should we give to a God that has been our joy in times of sorrow? How much more should we give to a God that has made ways, not just way, but ways out of no way? How much more? And so because of that, I can like the song, I cannot like the song. But in that moment when I stand, I surrender to Jehovah Adonai. Yes. And I say, it's not about my preference of what I want. I stand because you're God. Yes. And despite yes. what's happening in my life, you're yet still good. <laughs> because the goodness of God is not dependent on a predicator, yes. on the goodness in my life. The goodness of God is predicated on who God is. And God is good all the time. Even when it's raining hell in my life, God is good all the time. And because of that, I stand. Because of the majesty of God. Genesis 22, 1 through 4. Genesis 22, 1 through 4. Then we're going to skip down to 14 through 18. This is a familiar passage of scripture. You learned it in Sunday school. Genesis 22. And if you had got trouble looking for Genesis 22, meet me at the altar after service today. We're going we to slap you with oil. Amen. Not snappy, I'm joking, but we are going to put oil on you if you don't, yeah, amen. We're going to help you, amen. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. And go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped down wood for a fire and a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel up a little farther. Get this. We will worship there. And then we will come right back. Skip down to verse 14 through 18. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yara, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Father, we thank you for your word, the strength of your word, the power of your word. God, we don't have to add to it. And we don't have to take away from it because it's strong and strong all by itself. We submit to you. We surrender our ears. We surrender our minds. We surrender our hearts to you that you have our undivided attention. Speak to us. We need to hear from you. We have ears to hear. and We have feet ready to obey. It's in the strong name of Jesus we pray. And the people of God said, Amen. As you, you're taking your seat, just greet your neighbor. Greet your neighbor. Give them a compliment. Say something nice to them. Amen. Let them know they got the best seat in the house. Oh, yes, they do. They got the best seat in the house. We are in a series entitled, My Name Is. And we are journeying through the names of God. We're journeying through the names of God and we are 
finding out something more, something new, something refreshing about God. And here's the thing, saints of God, is we're on this journey from Sundays and Wednesdays and Wednesdays and Sundays. We're going back and forth and seeing what the Bible has to say about God, revealing himself and showing him, showing us more of himself. It's going to do two things. It's going to transform our lives because we're going to see a side of God, experience something about God that we never had before. And the second thing that I'm super excited about is that it's going to it's going to revolutionize the way that we pray. It's going to transform the way that we play that we pray as we begin to search the scriptures and study the scriptures and, and walk away with nuggets from the word of God and see how God has used certain areas in our lives to be able to show himself real and to show himself as Jehovah the, the relational God the God that reveals himself that is going to transform the way that we pray pastor how is it going to transform the way that we pray it's going to give us a little bit of a up of confidence as we come before God it's a difference when I come before God and I pray to God, but there's also another difference when I begin to experience him as Jehovah in my life. What do you mean by that, Pastor? When I experience him as Jehovah in my life, that I begin to see that there have been things that God has allowed to jump off in my life, not because I was in trouble, not because he was trying to punish me, but that God was using storms. God was using trials and tribulations. God was using trouble. God was using situations that we had our own burning bush experiences for God to be able to reveal himself to us in a way that we have never seen him before and that he met us in a way that he's never met us before come here Moses come back Moses I know we told about you last week but come back Moses once again Moses there 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 having been spent 40 years in the wilderness making money for his father-in-law Jethro confused about what his future was and what God was going to do in his life and God allows for a burning bush that should have been consumed down to ashes to catch his attention. Caution him to come over and transformed his life. Giving him the confirmation and the affirmation needed to go and stand before Pharaoh and say, Pharaoh, let these jokers go. God not only reveals himself as Jehovah, but he affirms Moses' identity. What we see, and I said this on Wednesday night in the Bible study, I said this on Wednesday, that, 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 that what we see as a list of excuses, Sister Tessie, about, about Moses saying why he cannot go before Pharaoh, he says, God, you know I can't, stop, I can't talk, but God, you know I have a stuttering, you know I have a speech impediment that I can't talk right, and God comes back to him and says, who made your mouth? He comes back, who, who, who has the power to cause you to be mute? Who has the power to open up eyes? Who has the power? He lets him know. He, he reveals himself not as Jehovah, the relational God, the self-revealing God, but he reveals himself as Jehovah Elohim, the God, the strong creator. In other words, he's telling Moses, I don't care about your speech impediment. I'm the one that made your mouth. 
He said, before your mom and daddy came together to fellowship one night, I already knew that you were going to have the speech impediment. I already knew that you were going to be insecure. I already knew that you were going to be, I was going to find you on the backside of the desert for 40 years, tending sheep for your father-in-law, Jethro. But everything that you have experienced in life up until now has gotten you ready and prepared for this moment that I'm going to transform your life and the lineage of the children of Israel. Oh, God. That was a good place to shout right there. Because someone should be able to testify that everything that you have experienced from your past and your present as you're walking into your future has prepared you for this moment right now. That God is going to reveal himself. God is going to become relational to you so he can be able to take you to where he desires to take you in life. And here's the better part about it is that what God is doing in your life does not just benefit you. It benefits some other people as well. I like what Gideon said. God said, I've heard Israel cry out to me for help, and I'm going to use you, Gideon, to go and deliver my people. Hold up, God. But it better to Gideon says, come here, Gideon. Come here, G. He says, okay, God, I'm not the one that you want to use. He says, first of all, first of all, I'm not the oldest in my family. And he says, secondly, I come from the other side of the track. My folks ain't got no money. Uh, we, 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 I don't come from a strong ped pedigree. I don't come from that type of family. He says there's no way that you can be able to use me. But what God does that absolutely blows my mind when he catches Gideon's attention, he says, hey, you mighty man of valor. Gideon looks around. <laughs> Him? He said, no, I'm talking about you, Gideon. Sometimes, and here's your part to shout right here. Sometimes God will not call you who you are right now, but that God will call you by the name that you're going to be in the future. Okay, y'all missed our shout. I said, God will not call you by the name that you are right now, but God sneaks and peeks down into your future, and he calls you to what you will be. Even though Gideon felt weak right then, even though Gideon had this long list of what he could not do and how weak his was, God says, you see yourself as weak, but I see yourself as strong. I see you as one, but I'm going to empower to be able to do something great in the kingdom of God. Who am I preaching to today on this? beautiful Sunday here in Southern Illinois that God is not just calling you for who you are right now but he's peeked into your future and he has already called you I see you strong I see you prosperous I see you wealthy I see you mentally emotionally spiritually and physically well calls him who he will be. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Never allow what you see yourself as to cancel out what God sees you as. Never allow what you see yourself as to cause you to miss out on what God has called you. I had an interesting conversation with a former member a few days ago. They shared with me how hurt they were about some things that I had did and didn't do. And it caught me by surprise. And I walked away from the conversation 
And I told Brittany, I said, man, I'm so proud of the growth that God has done in my life. Because if the conversation had happened six or seven years ago, I would have resigned. But because of the growth that God has done in my life, I can stand strong and have a different perspective. Thank God that when I saw myself as weak, God had peeked down in the future of my life and said six or seven years from now, I'm going to have you strong mentally and emotionally and that certain things that would have phased you won't phase you no more. Oh, can somebody thank God for growth right there? There's some stuff that used to irritate you don't irritate you no more. Can somebody celebrate growth? There's some things that would have got some jokers cut before. It won't get them cut now. Praise God. Thank God there's some things that would have got cur folks cursed out for now. I pray for them in Jesus' name and talks now. I use my other heavenly language now. Praise God. Here it is. We get to Genesis. I like what Dr. Tony Evans says. He says, when God wants to show you a side of himself that you've never seen before, he does it in the midst of a mess, in the midst of a problem, in the midst of a circumstance. God uses the ugly phases of our lives to show himself the strongest. <laughs> God uses the messiest seasons of our lives, Renata, to reveal the beauty of who he is. Isaac is here. Almost as if God is being an Indian giver. Isaac and his wife have prayed for a child. 100 years old. There's no Viagra. He can't function like he used to do back in the day when he was young. They're not able to have a child. And he's getting concerned because he's getting older. And life is moving on. And it's critical because God has made some promises and said, when you look out into the sky, you will number your descendants, and I, that you will be the father of the nations. And Abraham's trying to figure out how am I going to be the father of nations when I'm not even the father of one. So it's crucial, Brother Moses, that, 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 that God allows for Abram and his wife to produce a child, and not just a child, a child, a son. Because if he has a son, God kept his promise by opening her womb. But then that son has to have some kids, and those kids have to have some kids in order to confirm what God has already spoken over his life. Who's looking to parent at 100? <laughs> Who's looking to have their sleep interrupted at 100 years old and changing diapers and getting car seats out and doing this and having to pay $15 million for childcare a month? Who's looking to start over at 100? <laughs> Who said that? 
They said, all you had to add was that nobody, babe. That's what the songwriter said on there. That's what the songwriter said. He said, so how? Doesn't make sense. How is it going to happen? His wife says, okay, I got an idea. She said, hey, I'm going to give you my maidservant, Hagar, and you're going to go and produce a child with her. Abram says, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> Whatever you want me to do, honey, and I'll take the trash out on the way as I'm going to Hagar's house. <laughs> he has a child. Issues begin to happen between Hagar and Sarah. Here's the problem. Though they're waiting on God, God, thank you. Though they're waiting on God to be Jehovah Jireh, our provider, God is waiting on them to allow him to be Jehovah Adonai, the God who rules. When God is not Jehovah Adonai, the God who rules in our lives, we create our own options. Then there was a holy hush in the church when the preacher talks about surrendering and submitting to God. When God is not Jehovah Adonai in our lives, we create our own options to get what we want when we want. We're looking for God to be Jehovah Jireh, our provider, and God is looking to reveal himself as Jehovah Adonai. The God who rules. Please hear what I'm saying, saints, this morning. If you don't hear nothing else, in order for you to experience, in order for us to experience God as Jehovah Jireh, he first has to be Jehovah Adonai. Before we can get the blessings of God, we have to first surrender to God. And not just surrender to God in words, but to surrender everything and allow God to be able to call the shots in our lives. So what does that mean, Pastor? That means, uh, and this is going to make all the control freaks mad, including me, that I'm going to have to take, we're going to have to take our hands off so that God can fully rule and reign in our lives. You're looking, we're looking for provision, but God is looking for authority. You're looking for a blessing, and God is looking for rulingship. Moses, not Moses, Abram here understands that in order for God to be Jehovah Jireh in our lives, there has to be Jehovah Adonai first. God gives Abraham the task, and he says, hey, I want you to give your only son, your son whom you love. The son now, uh, 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 
go ahead and go on the fast track. He has that child. He has Ishmael with Hagar. But then God opens up his wife's womb and she produces a child and they name the child Isaac. Here it is now. They are experiencing the promise of God. They're experiencing God doing exactly what he said that he would do. But here it is a few chapters later in chapter 22. Now God is being an Indian giver and said, Abraham, what you have prayed for, what you have longed for, now I want you to give it back. Look at the text, y'all. It says, Abraham's faith. God tested Abraham's faith. He says, Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah and go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. And the Bible says in verse 3 that as soon as Abraham gets the task, he goes on and do exactly what God says to do. Can I help us this morning? That God is ready to be Jehovah Jireh and to provide for us. But God is looking for us to give him something to work with as he provides for us. Look at verse 3, y'all. They're so rich, so rich, so rich. It says right there, the next morning, Abraham got up early. He set up his donkey and took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for a place God had told him. Here it is, Pastor. What can we get from what Abraham is trying to show us how to position ourselves to experience God being Jehovah Jireh? Here it is. God needs our immediate and complete obedience. Oh, God, I just cursed. God needs our immediate and complete obedience. Look at the text, you all. It's right there in the Bible. It says that Abraham got up early in the morning. He saddled his donkey. He grabbed his servants. He got Isaac, and they went to Moriah. Notice what doesn't happen. A conversation about what God asked him to do. No debate. No dialogue. It's God talking and Abraham listening. It's God being Jehovah Adonai and Abraham listening. And not just listening, but listening with the intent to be able to go and do exactly what God has said for him to do, when God said to do it, and how God said, and how God said to do it. What messes us up and we miss out on what God desires to do in our lives and how God desires to show up in our lives is our lack of obedience. Every parent in here ought to said, amen. The reason why your PlayStation got taken away is because that was not complete and immediate obedience. The reason why you cannot go out and play outside with your friends is because there was no complete and immediate uh, 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 obedience. The reason why, the reason why I'm not giving you no more money is because there was no complete and immediate obedience on your end. And the reason why I'm not allowing you to explore and go around the world and see Southern Illinois is because there was no complete and immediate obedience. Obedience. The reason why we miss out on God being Jehovah Jireh is not because God is not capable. It's because we failed at obeying God completely and immediately. And then the pew gets mad at the pulpit. God needs our complete 
and immediate obedience. Nothing annoys me more than when I tell Carrie and Kenny to do something and they take their sweet little time in doing it. And not just a sweet little time in doing it, but it's the dialogue and the conversation that they want to have along with doing it. They know the rule. They know the game that when they get home from school, go take your shoes off, put your backpack up, take your lunch bag out your backpack, make your lunch for the next day. Go upstairs and get your do-rags and put your do-rags on so that you don't mess up your hair for the rest of the week. We pay good money to get your hair done, and we want this hairstyle to last as long as it can. And as soon as I ask one to go and get both of the do-rags. Oh my gosh! Why do I have to go? You're going upstairs anyway to get yours. Just go over to the other bed and grab your sister. But why can't they get their own? I don't understand. This is so unfair to me. Oh my gosh. I said, did you buy the do-rag? Did you buy the room? You Did you buy any of the stuff? Just go get it and come back downstairs so I can put it on. But why you yelling, daddy? I'm yelling because y'all won't do a simple task. <laughs> but oh, how we are like Carrie and Kenny. Oh, but God, I really don't want to do that. God, why? And we're delaying God being Jehovah Jireh. Because we fell in love with the blessing more than we have the blesser. We want the blessing, but we don't like the task and the steps that it takes to get the blessing. God wants our complete and immediate obedience. Imagine Abraham taking Isaac, getting his servants, saddling the donkey, and they're going, Isaac has no idea <laughs> what's about to happen. Isaac has no he has no, he has no thought. He just thinks that we're just going on a trip. Me, daddy, and the service is nothing new. We're just kicking it. We're going out to just ride around and see how good stuff is. But here's what I love about it on even on Isaac end. He trusts his father because his father is not just his father, but his father is Jehovah Adonai. And that means that he is the God that rules. He is becoming and he he has submitted himself under the authority of his father. But here it is, here it is, here it is. Because along with that authority, Isaac understands understands that with that authority become, comes with responsibility. He realizes and knows that because my father, I have submitted myself to my father's care, he's going to provide for me, he's going to direct me, he's going to lead me, he's going to guide me, and that he's going to care for me. If Isaac is able to understand that with his natural father, saints of God, can we, can we get that same concept when it comes to our heavenly father, that I can submit Submit to God and obey him immediately and completely because this has been a God that has cared for me. This has been a God that has provided for me. This has been a God that has looked out for me. This has been a God that has led me and directed me.
asking may be tough. God is just simply looking for us just to say yes. And not just yes with our words, but yes in our actions by responding with complete and immediate obedience. Ooh, let me hear you because y'all looking at me mighty mean this morning. Obedience, obedience, here it is. I like it because in the Hebrew, obedience means to hear and obey. In the Greek, it implies one who listens intently to carry out the command. What we have missed, <laughs> what we have missed, we have heard, we just haven't acted. The issue is not our hearing. The issue is our acting. How many more burning bush experiences do you have to experience in order for you to tell God yes? How many more times does God have to meet you in revealing himself in order for you to give him a yes? How many Jonah experiences do you have to have in order for God to get a yes? The issue is not with our hearing. The issue is with our doing. The Bible says don't just be hearers of his word. But doers, we've heard word, we got word, but we haven't acted on the word and done what the word says to do. Something interesting happens. Look at verse 3, the latter part of verse 3. No, verse 5. Verse 4. I'm just making sure if y'all following along with me, that's all. On the third day of the journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servant. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we'll come right back. Abraham didn't see his sacrifice as a task. Abraham viewed his sacrifice as worship. <laughs> oh, God. Abraham did not see what God had called him to do in sacrificing his son as a mundane task. But he saw it God, I'm getting ready to give back to you what I prayed to you for. God, I'm getting ready to sacrifice what you promised me. But I'm not going to see it just as a sacrifice. Do you see what God is calling for you to let go of as just a regular task? Or have you seen it as worship? 
He goes up, he goes up there, he goes up there. The Bible says he goes up there, he goes up there, he goes up there. He says, Abraham placed the wood on the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son Abraham asked, we have fire and we have wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? Isaac knows the grill. He knows the drill. He knows that we go and we sacrifice. We need wood. We need fire to be able to do the sacrifice. But daddy, where's the sheep? Where's the sheep? If we leave it at home, you want to have, you want you want to call Uber and have them bring it up here real quick. Uh, since we got to be able to do this worship and this sacrifice, he says, where is the sheep, daddy? Abraham's response is, the Lord will provide. And in the midst of him saying, God will provide, they both walked together. Verse 9, and when they arrived at the place where God had told him, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. He tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Wait a minute, Daddy, you just said, I just asked you where the sheep was for the sacrifice, and you said that God was going to provide, but you're putting me, you're strapping me down on the wood and the altar. But notice the conversation. There is none. Isaac says nothing as his father is tied him down to the wood. All he heard his father say is that God will provide. And in my mind, if I'm sitting there looking at Willie Earl Swims, <laughs> and I ask you where the sheep is, and you say the Lord is going to provide, and the next thing I know, I'm laid out like a buffet, tied down to the wood, I'm going to say, Daddy, what are you doing? I mean, that might be the first time I lay hands on my dad. I'm getting up out of this stuff. <laughs> Listen, it ain't work. My daddy is from North Carroll County, Mississippi. I'll be tied down so tight to that thing. Wouldn't be able to breathe. He says, Dad, he says, God will provide. It's the last thing that he hears. But he is now on the altar. Tied down. But notice this, saints. No provision happens until he was willing to sacrifice. The ram in the bush was not shown, was not revealed until Abraham had that knife and was getting ready to willingly sacrifice his son. We're looking for the provision, but God's looking for the sacrifice. We're balking at God. God, where are you? And God is saying, where's my sacrifice? <laughs> God, I thought you was going to make a way. Where's my sacrifice? God, I thought you was a promise keeper. I am, but where's my sacrifice? God, I thought you was a way maker. I am, but where is my sacrifice? 
God, doubted people said that you're an on-time God, and I am, but where's my sacrifice? We're looking for provision, and God is looking for sacrifice. Hello. I don't want nobody to be embarrassed. It just happens. Phone go off in church. It's all good. He's looking for our sacrifice. Right as Abraham is getting ready to sacrifice his son, God may has a ram in the bush, and he stops him. He says, don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said, verse 12. Do not hurt him in any way, for I know now that, I, that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thorns in the thicket, so he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. And then, then that place became known as Jehovah Jireh. The place where God provides. And let me help us. When we hear provision, we instantly think about money and material things. But when I hear provision and when I hear God saying, what are you willing to sacrifice? We want peace, we want peace but God wants us to sacrifice our anxiety and our worry so that peace can be our portion. We're looking for provision. But where's your sacrifice? Where's your sacrifice? Where, where, where's your obedience? Where's your sacrifice? Where's your action on your obedience? It is not until we are in trouble, in a mess, in the circumstance that we experience Jehovah Jireh. You're looking for provision. But where is your sacrifice? You're looking for provision. But where is your sacrifice? Who in this room right now will run up here and give me $50? this cashless generation. <laughs> oh, cash app and Zelle and stuff. I could have been hungry and I can't take Zelle to, oh yes, you, no, you can't take Zelle. You can take Apple Pay and stuff. Man. Who in here can give me $25 cash? Well, come get, come bring it to me. Okay. I, I just need one person to come up here and give, give it to me. I got Sister Baker. Sister Baker got me. She got, she got, she got, she got the hundred. She got the hundred. I said, but she, she, she gave me the hundred. Here's, oh, she gave me. 
She can't. But let, let me just let, let me just do one person. Let me just do one okay. person. Let me just do one person. <laughs> That type of obedience is what God desires from us. Complete, immediate, get this, and sometimes even more than what he asked for. Because if we can give him what he's asked for and sacrifice that to him, he will give us back what we gave him and then some because of it. Gosh, y'all missed y'all shout. If we can immediately and completely obey God and give him what he's asking for, God has something else better and more on the other side of our obedience. But here it is. Do you trust him? Sister Baker was able to do that because she trusts me as her shepherd. I've cared for her. I loved on her. And she trusts me as her shepherd. That what he asked, I'll do it. There was no question. There was no dialogue. There was no fight over the money. You're looking for the provision, but God is looking for your sacrifice. Because where there's a sacrifice, you'll experience Jehovah, Jireh, your provider. I want to pray for you this morning because some folks, what you need, you don't need the provision of more money. You need peace. You need peace so that your mind can rest. You need peace that will silence your anxiety. You need peace that will help you from going back and forth and being, and being indecisive about decisions. You need peace. More money will be great, but it won't guarantee you having peace. But will you sacrifice your worry and your anxiety to experience Jehovah Jireh? That's the God that will give you peace. What do you need to sacrifice in order to experience Jehovah Jireh? while you're making posts, while you're talking to your friends about it, God is waiting for you to bring it to him. To cast all of our cares on him. For he cares for us. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you now. And I pray right now, Father, for everyone that's in this room, all those that are watching on Facebook and on YouTube, God, I pray that they will experience Jehovah Jireh. 
pray God that we won't be afraid to sacrifice oh God that we won't be afraid to sacrifice oh God that we won't that we won't contend with you that we won't combat with you that we won't fight with you oh God that we won't uh, that we that, that we will give you complete and immediate obedience oh God we lay down anxiety we lay down worry we lay down all of those things we sacrifice whatever it is oh god that's interrupted or getting away of us experience you as jehovah jireh in our life providing for us mentally emotionally spiritually and financially father god in every capacity father we lay it down this morning and we're not going to pick it back up we're not going to pick it back up we thank you now and we praise you and it's in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Clap those hands real good. Clap those hands real good. Clap those hands real good.